Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. So today we're in Hebrews 4, but before we go there, um, in case you haven't read or listened to, I mean, Psalm 130 that I recorded yesterday, um, <clears throat> the last few days, a couple of days have been pretty challenging for me, but not nearly as challenging as for some folks. Um, as you know, I've had my own battles, admittedly, with depression and had them within my family and, you know, various, various other challenges. And, you know, thank God I've been able to overcome and I don't fight the depression any longer through prayer, exercise, diet, sleeping. Um, a lot of it is much better. Um, but it doesn't mean that it just goes away. It's something I have to be conscious of. Anyways, Sunday night, someone else who was depressed, um, I sort of knew this person, didn't know them, know them, but I saw them around. They had been in my condo, you know, complex, not my place, but they'd been around here and I'd know I'd seen them at various, um, social events and didn't really talk to them, but I recognized the face. Anyways, long story short, this person is obviously dealing with a lot of challenges and issues. Um, <clears throat> for whatever reason, they came here at night, around 10 o'clock, and they um, they were depressed, struggling. And they came up to the top floor where I live, and I'd already gone to bed. I was out. I had a sore back from fishing Saturday, sore back from Sunday of, of going to the driving range. <clears throat> so I was out on um, three Tylenol PMs. I was out to the world. Anyways, long story short, this poor person um, jumped off the out of the stairwells right by my place and uh, had been apparently hanging out right outside my door for a while. And knowing my own challenges, knowing challenges of others in my family and uh, just people I know, it broke my heart because I felt like and feel like if I had been able to talk to them and shared God's love with them, <clears throat> maybe it would have turned out differently. Anyways, um, unfortunately, they passed away and uh, I found out about it because the detectives were banging on my door. Um, late at night. And so I've just struggled a lot with what's happened and it's hurt my heart quite a bit. And it's been hurting my heart a lot, just where we are as a nation, <clears throat> the despair that's out there. It's very deep and it's very sad. A friend of mine told me that this school year so far at the college that their son goes to, they've had the most suicides amongst the students ever. And uh, it's not even halfway through. So there's a lot going on in our, our land. And, you know, if you're struggling with things, if you're struggling with your heart, with your purpose for moving on and living, <clears throat> God loves you. And in fact, we're going to read and we're going to read how much God loves us. So let's go to God in prayer and lift him up and you know, pray to him. Father, you know, I don't even know how to pray right now. I've just been struggling for the last couple of days. And, um, 
I just pray you would help me understand what I need to do to help people not do this. To learn more about you and love you. To seek your face and know that you answer us. That you're there even when we don't feel you. That you died for us. You love us so much. You want a life better for us. So much that you came to earth and took our sins so we could fellowship with you. So you would be our high priest and our sacrifice at the same time. And you didn't have to do it, but you did it out of love. And Father, I just pray for our nation. I pray for people whose hearts are broken, whose minds are clouded, who are being controlled by demons, as this man apparently was, based on what's on his car. And Lord, I just pray in Jesus' name that you would bind Satan and his demons from all these people who are hurting. I pray that you would bind them in Jesus' name through nothing of my own, but through your glorious name and the victory you have over death and over Satan. I just pray your angels would be about our families. I pray your angels would be about our loved ones and our friends. And I pray that your angels would move mightily amongst our nation. Start rescuing people, helping them understand where to turn and that turning to you is where they should go. Because there is rest, there is peace, and there is joy. And I just pray that that message would get told and that you would hear your people's cry. As you said in Psalm 130, they're crying from their deepest souls, the deepest parts of their hearts and their beings. And I just pray you hear us and hear them, Lord God. And bind Satan in Jesus' name. Amen. So verse or chapter four. Let's just jump right on in. Therefore, since the promise of entering his his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them, because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. Now we who have believed enter that rest, just as God has said. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. Remembering, remember, he's talking about um, the, the people who wandered, the Israelites who wandered in the forest for 40 years or in the desert for 40 years. And yet his works have been finished since the creation of the world for somewhere He has spoken about the seventh day in these words. On the seventh day, God rested from all his works. And again, in the passage above, he says, They shall never enter enter my rest. Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did did not go in because of their disobedience, God again set a certain day, calling it today. This is to, this he did when, A long time ago, or a long time later, he spoke through David, as in the passage already quoted, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. 
Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You know, there's so much in this chapter, but one of the things that really struck me, struck home, is those who are depressed generally aren't resting. There is no rest for them. They're sleeping poorly and they're fretting continuously. I know when I've been depressed, I didn't sleep. I know the things that helped me were my re- building my relationship towards God or with God, exercise, eating correctly, and sleeping, making sure I got sleep because you have to rest. You can't work seven days a week. You can't sit there and fret day in and day out and think you're going to be healthy because you have to sleep. Your body needs to recover. And God in his practice said, take a whole day and rest. Think on me. Be happy. Get your joy. Think on me. Love me and rest in me. We don't do that so often anymore. Now the weekends are filled with millions of events. Our evenings are filled with lots of chaos. There is no rest and people are suffering for it. Now, A.W. Tozer has written a number of things that are pretty cool. He writes about verse 13 where it says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him whom we must give account. Tozer writes, Texts like this in Psalm 147 verse 5, which says, His understanding has no limit, says that God's understanding is limitless, that his knowledge is perfect and there isn't a creature anywhere in the universe that isn't plainly visible to his sight. nothing is shut before the eyes of God. That is what is called divine omniscience, one of the attributes of God. An attribute, as I have said before, is something which God has declared to be true about himself. When we talk about God's knowledge of everything, we're talking about a rational approach to God. There are two ways to approach God theologically and experientially. You can know God experientially and not know much theology, but it's good to know both. The more you know about God theologically, the better you know about him experientially. A rational approach to God is what I can get into my head. You can't go too much into your head, really. And what I can get into my head about God isn't very much at all. But that's one way to approach God through theology, through your intellect, through doctrine. A lot of times that's what I do. I'm kind of way more into that part, but I enjoy the next, the other part. But the purpose of doctrine is to lead you to see and to know God experientially, to know God for himself, for yourself. 
But until we know theologically, we're not likely to know God very well experientially. You know, until I know that the Holy Spirit came and people spoke in tongues, would I know that you can speak in tongues? Until I read the Bible and it said, um, Jesus was talking about the son who didn't run away with the prodigal son, but stayed at home and was confused and mistaken when he said, you know, thought that he should, he was being mistreated. And, and the father said to him, but son, you've had access to everything of mine this whole time. If I hadn't read that and understood that theologically, I wouldn't understand that I have access to everything God has and everything that God is. If I didn't theologically understand what God meant when he said he made us in his image, I wouldn't understand about being a spiritual being. But then I wouldn't be able to experience that spiritual element within my life. So it's pretty interesting and pretty amazing. And But I do think I tend to lack on the experiential side instead of on the theological. Tozer goes on to write in his book, Reflections, in, in God's Pursuit of Man, in saving men, God is doing again, or rather continuing to do, the same creative work as, the beginning, as at the beginning of the world. To him, each ransom soul is a world where, wherein he performs again his pleasant work as of old. We who experience God in this day may rejoice that we have him in all that Abraham or David or Paul could have. Indeed, the very angels before the throne can have no more than we, for they have no more God and can, not, can want nothing apart from him. And all that he is and all that he has done is for us and for all who share the common salvation. With full consciousness of our own demerit, we may, take, may yet take our place in the love of God. And the poorest and weakest of us may, without offense, claim ourselves all the riches of the Godhead in mercy given. I have every right to claim all for myself, knowing that an infinite God can give all of himself to each of his children. He does not distribute himself that each may have a part, but to each one he gives all of himself as fully as if there were no others. You see, I've thought in the past where it's like, okay, I'll only get this amount because I suck. And I only get, that person gets that amount because they're awesome. But when you have an infinite God, there is no this amount and that amount. There is nothing but the all. What a difference it makes, Tozer goes on. When we cease being general, a dodge incidentally for pseudo humility and unbelief, and become pointed and personal in our approach to God. Then we shall not fear the personal pronoun, but shall with the friends of God relate it to the one who gave it, and claim each one for himself the person and the work of the triune God. Then we shall see that all that God did was for each of us. So God has done all of this just for us. And Toza goes on and on and on about this. But we're going to go ahead and stop and go back to God. Father, I lift up this time and this day. And I just pray for all those with broken hearts that they would understand what it means to have the fullness of you. I pray that I would understand what it means to have the fullness of you in my heart, in my life, in their hearts and in their lives. May our fans and our, our friends and our family and our fans have all of you 
in their life. May we understand that. May our country have all of you in it. May we rest in you because we know all of you. May we experience your peace. May we experience your strength to continue on even when it's so tough. I just thank you and I praise you and I pray for your love to be known amongst all of us. For your love to fill each and every one of us. Our friends, our family, and our nation. For your love to overtake this land. To remove the hate. To beat back the hate and the anger. And that would be your love that dominates. I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.